Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. I guess I have to host this one too, don't I? Welcome once again, one and all, <laughs> to Grand Moff Talkin, delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts. Actually, no, this week it's just all about Jake. We're all about Jake on this show. Jake, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. Feels feels good to finally get to this place. We're here. Where it's just about me. It's just about you. I, also, been... I, Riley, am here. Yeah. Jasmine? What happened to our to two point co host Jasmine? Well, we're losing them. They're dropping like flies here <laughs> on Grandma talking. <laughs> Play the theme. Disappeared host. Theme. She had to go check on the dogs. She had to go check on the dogs. She could not stay here. She did, however, stay for an important moment later on in the episode, <laughs> yeah, which we've already true. recorded. So you'll hear that. What happened is we ended up spending over two hours on the porch of a princess layout where we were supposed to spend one hour. It'll probably be cut down to one hour, but we'll see. <laughs> you might yeah. not hear the full two. Yeah, just know that for over two hours, we talked about that book. Whatever you heard, <laughs> there was a lot more cut out. Uh, yeah. But now today, we're talking about yet another book. We're in a book mood here on Grand Moff Talk, and we're reading a lot Let's of books. Let's just call it book month. But it's book month. October. You didn't and know we were doing a feature. You didn't know, because we didn't know. Now no. we do. Yeah, but uh, Jake read another book in the Young Jedi Knight series. What is it called? This, uh, well, I-, I was disturbed to learn recently mm-hmm. that I read the second book over a year ago in August <laughs> of twenty seventeen. <laughs> My our intention, all the rest of us read our trilogies within the span of like, but by, by that I mean you and Isaac. Yeah, read yours within the span of like a couple months of each other, and then I think what happened was it, like. After I read the second book, I was dating Christina and we got engaged, first of all. So my availability was like limited because we we're like planning the wedding. And also, mm-hmm. The Last Jedi was coming out. Right. And there was all this tie-in stuff that we were like reading and talking about for the show. And, and then Solo came out. And then Solo came out. We've so been it, dominated by movies for a while. Yeah. So all these stupid movies got in the way of us reading obscure <laughs> young adult Star Wars novels. <laughs> yep. Uh, but thankfully, we can get back to the heart Thank of Grandma talking. Two white guys talking about an old book for kids. <laughs> We've <laughs> never we done always a- intended the book to be We've the never, show this is more intimate we've never done a little two-person show i can't be sure that we two have just had a conversation with each other outside of doing the podcast <laughs> that's a good call <laughs> that is a good call i know you were in my wedding and i think we I think talked about, about stuff at your wedding other than star wars that's yeah sure at the wedding yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're one of my close friends never talked to one-on-one but uh here we are here we are and it's in the context of this interesting book yes uh Yes. So if you have not read the first two, well, of course you haven't read them. <laughs> I hope you haven't. If you haven't listened to the first two Young Jedi Knights episodes, uh, you can go back and listen to them. We'll recap the pertinent details here. So Young Jedi Knights, th- this book is about, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to start over that sentence. That didn't make any sense. So this, what is this book about? <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's about Young Jedi Knights, of course. So this is the third in a trilogy. The first one was Return to Ord Mantell, second, uh, Treble on Cloud City, and now Crisis at Crystal Reef. Oh. Now, this is a trilogy, but this is actually the 13th and last Young Jedi Knights Oh, book. I didn't realize this was the last one. 
Yes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the final one ever. And you can kind cool. of tell. Yeah. Because it ends with a very, like, triumphant, let's wrap everything up. There's, like, a weirdly, like, contemplative, almost Chuck Wendig-esque interlude chapter with Luke Skywalker just, like, reflecting <laughs> on his academy and, like, all the years of adventures his students have had. And it's it's kind of cool. I mean... Yeah. Spoiler alert, this is definitely the best of the three books. Oh, good. In terms of the writing. Yeah. Well, then by, by book 13, you really, you know, you're really getting hopefully in the groove. You've, hopefully you've honed <laughs> your craft. I've written 13 novels. <laughs> I'm starting to get good. I, It's not good still, I mm-hmm. would say. And it is still kind of crazy. Uh, like, if you haven't listened to the first two uh, episodes where we talk about these books, like, there's a formula to them, which is that a famous Star Wars character and or a character from the Young Jedi Knights' past comes to Yavin, which is where the Jedi training ground is, mm-hmm. and uh, tells the kids, hey, let's go on a fun family vacation together to some cool planet. And they're like, yay. And then they get there, and a crime happens, no, no, and then they crime. have to solve the mystery, and they split up to solve the mystery. That's what happened in, in Ord Mantell and this. I'm sorry, in Ord Mantell in, in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. And then this book, I was kind of excited because I was like, ooh, they're breaking the formula. Because the inciting factor for everything in this book is Anya Galandro, mm-hmm. or Aunt Jamailu, as I like to call her. The drug lady. The drug lady. She uh, was introduced in Ord Mantell as a person who wanted revenge on Han Solo. She's also a young lady the same age as our other young jedi knights who are to recap jason jaina anakin not really he's in it for like two he's seconds a little baby zach breath uh loey mm-hmm. uh 3dmc the robot uh Tenelkaw. and yeah so those are our those are, that's our main crew and then anya runs into them she wants revenge on han so we never mentioned in courtship that tenennial Joe, oh, was I was Tenel gonna Ka's get. Mom. I okay. was gonna get to yeah. it in here, okay? Because uh, yeah, so that's our core group, and then in Ord Mantell, Anya starts out as an enemy and joins them. Although it's revealed at the end of the book, oh no, she's working for this big bad guy named Sezethros. He's right. like our Snoke type background overlord, our Zinger, Zinger, or Zinger. And then in the second book, she's pretending to be one of the young Jedi Knights, kind of stalking them, but secretly working for the bad guy the whole time. But throughout the whole process, Anya is addicted to, we always call it armpit spice. It's Andrus spice. Andrus spice. That's what she's addicted to. Things are getting serious to. in this book because you're saying everything's real names. It's kind of freaking me out. I know, I know. It's <laughs> it's because we started and I didn't have a chance to do any kind of like silly recap introduction. So I'm <laughs> oh, just that's like, right. I'm trying to make sense of this that. as I'm saying it. Yeah. Uh. So now it's like the first thing that surprised me with this book is the extent to which it really is tying up all the dumb little loose ends in this trilogy. So I got kind of nostalgic reading it over a year later because I, I kind of associate Orb Mantel with like the start of our podcast because that was the first EU episode we did. Yeah. And so it was, I was getting a little not teary eyed, but I was like, this is kind of nice reading yeah. this. Uh, that's kind of how people feel about Legends, which is why I understand people were sad it's gone. Because even if something's bad, you're kind of like, ah, oh, I'm home again reading this book. Exactly. Like, yeah. I was reading this and I was like, I miss these guys. I'm glad I'm reading this. It's, once again, not very good. Mm-hmm. 
to get back to what I was talking about, like breaking the formula. So Anya is addicted to armpit spice (laughs) and she has been throughout the previous (laughs) books. And in the first book, it was basically just celebrated is that it's cool. She's on drugs. And then I think the publisher was like, Hey, you have to have some kind of anti-drug message. And so they include it in the second one. And then definitely in this one, they're like, Hey, now, now really sorry bad. about Orb Mantel. We're really, really trying to tell you kids that drugs are bad. So she no longer after the second book has her regular supply of armpit spikes, which is coming from Cezedros. But Cezedros now has disappeared in the background. She doesn't know where he is. Doesn't have any contact with him. But she's still hanging out with the young Jedi Knights. Book starts out with uh, Zex. I don't know who. Old friend, mentor, whose name is Old Peckham. Coming oh, God, to visit. that just like that <laughs> jogged some, some nuts and bolts fell out of my head with that name. You just had like a Jason Bourne like I forgot flashback. about that name. Yeah. Yep. This is not a drill soldier, old Peckham. <laughs> so yeah, old Peckham comes to visit Zach's old old friend, and he's literally only called old Peckham. I don't know if mm-hmm. old is his first name. Yeah, I can't remember. But much it's about just him. Peckham, which I don't like, and I don't. Pinned it like I didn't. Peckham. <laughs> pinned, pinned it, it, like, pinned it Peckham. like Peckham. <laughs> he works at the IRS. He's like, well, this is pending. And he stamps Peckham. pinned him like Peckham on the thing. So. Pending by Peck. Pending by Peck. I can't talk. (laughs) Anyway, she's starting to be jonesing for some drugs. She no longer has a regular supply of them coming in from Cezethra. So she's like, I gotta get drugs. Just one more hit to hold me over until I can get revenge on Cezethra's. And I'm confused as to what made her put together that she hates. I I think it's because he abandoned her. Mm. She's all upset about that. And so her plan is to steal the lightning rod, which is his ex-ship that he talks about every two seconds in all these books. One of those guys. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, it's got this kind of uh, motor in it. (laughs) It's got a Hemi. (laughs) 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 He's always talking about his Hemi. And so she steals the lightning rod and goes to Kessel. Oh, which is kind of like saying, "God, I gotta get some coffee. I better go to Columbia." Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't... not Starbucks. N- no, Columbia. No, no, no. Like, it's drugs. There has to be drug dealers everywhere. Obviously, not in Yavin, which yeah. is a sacred place. But you would have to think there's a closer place than the place where all drugs like come Coruscant, from. Like Coruscant, Narshada, anywhere, anywhere. So, but no, she goes to Castle. Cool. Gotta get so I'm thinking, okay. So in this book, they're not going on some vacation. They're not going to a resort. They're actually like their stakes. <laughs> Zach's ship is stolen. Their friend is gone. They're going to chase her down. But no. <laughs> it turns into a vacation. Yes. Because <laughs> secretly on Kessel, uh, our old friend Niamna works there now, which I'll get into later. He There's this little side where he, yes, yeah, he laughs like that all the time, of course. And a weird assassination attempt on him happens, but he escapes it. So there's a crime. Oh, good. So they... Like, all the young Jedi Knights get there and are like, what's going on? He's like, oh, there's a crime. They're like, we're looking for Anja Galandro. And he's like, ah, don't worry about that. Solve the crime. Solve this crime. So half of them go off to chase Anya. And where she has fled, it turns out, is Crystal Reef. Nice. A vacation place. It's a vacation resort. <laughs> for the most elite people in the world, it is Canto Bite. I love it. It's That's a casino. Great. That's great. Yeah, I can't wait to read parts of that because... Ryan Johnson may have read this book as a kid and got some inspiration. <laughs> There's something straight out of Canto Bite in here. So anyway, That's cool. there's some 
crazy stuff in this book. Uh, I want to get to. Yeah. Okay. This is a running theme with this book series where I don't understand what Kevin J. Anderson and Rebecca Moesta's goal was with Cezethros and on because her whole motivation in the first book was she believes that Han Solo killed her father. Mm-hmm. She wants revenge on him. Totally a plausible thing, too, right. by the way. <laughs> right. Which Han was like, yeah, I kind of almost killed him, but it wasn't really my fault. So it's like, <laughs> she might as well. It then turns out she wants to get revenge on his kids. Mm. That to hit him where it really hurts. But Cezethros is kind of having her spy on them for his own evil purposes. And it's kind of nebulous as to why. But she knows that Cezethros is evil, obviously, because she is stalking Han Solo and his kids for the purposes of killing them. Right. That's and generally a bad on, thing to do. And it keeps on coming up, like, in the second book, like we talked about, he's always like, okay, keep up the good work. But she's not doing anything other than just, like, hanging out with them. And he has separate spy people doing other things. And he sends the, like, evil wing guards and stuff after them to kill them in the second book, not Anya. So it's always like, what is he having Anya do? Yeah, why does she, what's she there for? Exactly. So, and then, in this book, it's almost as if the writers admit they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and it straight up says, what was she doing on Yavin for anyway? It had been her hatred for Han Solo and her belief that he had murdered her father that first motivated her to befriend his twin children, Jason and Jaina. It had all been far... <laughs> it had all been fart. It had all been fart of her plan to take revenge on Solo, either directly or through his children. But now she had gotten to know the twins and their friends, and in spite of the fact that she had distrusted and despised their father, she had come to the conclusion that she did not want to hurt them. They did not deserve it. Cezethros, however, had tried to have them all killed on Cloud City, and earlier on the war-torn planet of Anubis. Anja no longer trusted her former mentor as she once had. So, it seems like they got notes after each book came out. (laughs) Like, not while the books are being written, but (laughs) after the book came out, and then they tried to fix it in the following book. Okay, to that point, we made a grave sin and did not read the dedication page, because I have a theory about what you just said. Okay. The dedication to this book says, this one is for Catherine... Ulatowski Sador for helping us look organized even when we're not, for being there to catch any balls we drop, for being a careful and enthusiastic reader, and for being a friend. That so sounds they got to letters me from like the one fan of this series who was like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And they're like, oh, crap, they're right. They caught and us. Like, <laughs> I feel like this was the first like troll. That's funny. Or first like, com- yeah. like comments board complainer about this book series. And they were like, yeah, the book's dedicated to you, kid. You caught us. Yeah. You win the prize. <laughs> this note's for you. <laughs> That's awesome. So like she was trying to kill them all. But then she was also mad at Cezethus for trying to kill them, which is like. What is your motivation? Right. I don't know. It's confusing. Drugs. That's her only motivation. Drugs. It's all drugs. So the the books also always start with hanging out on Yavin with like some teen drama happening because there's all these like little romantic interests. Zach and Jaina yeah, like each other. And then Jason and Tenelkal like each other. Mm-hmm. And I wish I, I wish that more of the book was about the like teen drama if it's gonna be a young adult novel like yeah that's kind of what i'm interested in is the soap opera of it all Mm -hmm. but other than like the first and last chapters of any one of these books 
it all just falls by the wayside and they're just solving a yeah. boxcar kids mystery in the middle <laughs> of it. So one thing that was established, uh, I'm just assuming way earlier, but like in the Orbantel book, Zach didn't even have a lightsaber. He had to give his dark lightsaber up because he was a dark Jedi before right. in the Shadow Academy, I think. Yeah, he was a bad guy for yeah, a while. He was bad. So he didn't have a lightsaber for a while. But in this book, he constructs his own lightsaber. Cool. And there were some interesting things about this whole thing. I, I was wondering if maybe you could shed some some light on because it, it says, like, he had wielded a lightsaber many times in the service of the Shadow Academy. But back then, when the Dark Jedi Brachus had taught him how to use the energy blade, Zek had never gone through this rite of passage of, like, building his own lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So did the Dark Jedi, like, they didn't have to build their own lightsaber? They just had, they did, like, inherited one from someone they killed or something? Lots of times I think it was that, um, or, like, one they find. But, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't treat it as the same way as a ritual that the Jedi do. It's not a rite of passage. It's just, like, a tool. Yeah. They also, like, for sure in this book, I didn't know this was a thing in the old EU, but it's, like, it takes power to wield the lightsaber and if you're not powerful, I mean, it's like the sword and the stone. Like, if yeah. you don't have the will, it can lead you in the... Like, the, almost the power of the lightsaber itself can lead you to the dark side. Yeah. There's kind of something like... There's almost a sentience to the lightsabers. ODU is interesting because there's there's several, like, trains of thought about lightsabers. Sometimes they're alive and, like, they can control... They can control a person, but if you, like, control a lightsaber... Like, say you inherit a Jedi's blue lightsaber and you control it it turns red um and like but then also sometimes dark jedi or dark side users would instead of finding a lightsaber crystal they would like forge a lightsaber crystal and like and make their own crystal and that's why they were red there's kind of lots of yeah okay variations so like I, i found the passage i was looking for zek says I thought maybe the wrong kind of blade might draw me back toward the dark side, hmm. which was like, wow. like it's just yeah. very different from new canon. Yeah, that's weird. Where it's like the kyber crystal is purely like the battery that makes a right. lightsaber. Yeah. Where this, although, With, I mean, kyber crystals were kind of only really talked about in Rogue One and maybe the Ahsoka novel a little yeah. bit. So yeah, new canon doesn't talk about kyber crystals a ton. It, this very well could still be the case, but yeah. it just hasn't gotten into it. This was just like it was new information for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a dramatic reading. Cool. It was the start of as perfect a morning as Zek could ever remember. Outside, bright sunshine poured down on the Jedi Academy, and a fresh breeze carrying the scent of a thousand luscious jungle plants wafted in through the thick stone window openings. The young Jedi Knights were used to getting up very early. And today they had a special reason, since Peckham was due to leave. At morning meal, Jaina greeted Zek and Peckham with a hug. There had been no mistaking the pride in her eyes when she saw the new lightsaber hanging at Zek's belt. Looks like a fine weapon, Zek. If you want a sparring partner later on, come see me. After I show Master Skywalker. Hey, Jason said as he sauntered in, grinning. Two Gamorrean guards are walking down a narrow, deserted canyon when suddenly a rancor comes out and starts chasing them. One of the Gamorreans stops to put on his best running shoes. Don't waste time, shouts the other one. You can't outrun a rancor with those. 
I don't have to outrun a Rancor, says the first one as he finishes lacing his shoes. I just have to outrun you. A chorus of chuckles and groans rewarded him. With additional jokes, Jason was in rare form during the meal, and they all laughed so hard it was difficult not to choke as they ate. Tenelka offered a rare toast of friendship to the entire group seated at their table. Loey surprised them all by presenting a dramatic Wookiee speech, while MTD provided hilariously inaccurate translations, which the companions now recognized with their increasing grasp of Lobaka's native language. Jaina, sparkling with good humor, teased old Peckham throughout the meal and squeezed Zek's hand under the table. The old spacer laughed and enjoyed the attention. Ew. I know. Ew, wait a minute. What? Ew, wait a minute. I was like, I was kind of enjoying oh, yeah. that until the end. <laughs> He's like, that's right. I don't notice me. I don't like Jaina squeezing his. Oh, squeezing Zach's, Zach's hand. hand. Okay. Not old okay, for a second there, I was confused. <laughs> okay. That's kind of an enjoyable, like, I kind of like seeing them be friends, but also at the same it's time, good. it's kind of poorly written. It's good. Like, but, like, that joke is so bad. Oh, that joke is terrible. It's not funny. It doesn't no, make any sense. No, it's not funny. No, and I didn't read it in a funny manner. That's it. Might have been your delivery. It might have been my. Although delivery. I didn't laugh when I read it without you reading it. <laughs> to be fair, so yeah, like there's all this friendship, and they're like, "All right, let's go out and look at the lightning rod like we always do," <laughs> and we just like sure, stare at it for a while, right? And, and by the way, like you think, old Peckham, like there's this whole ruse at the beginning to trick Zach and like so he doesn't know who's coming and they're like surprise it's your old buddy Peckham he's like oh my god and Jane is like getting teary eyed like oh you're seeing your friend then just like after that scene later after Peckham's tight schedule had forced him to leave the young Jedi is gathered in Luke Skywalker's office this is not even a goodbye scene he's just gone he's gone so like he (laughs) must be a character from earlier books yeah that like that like you're kind of bringing everybody out for this final book you're like ah yes here's a remember this guy he was in other books it still seems like if he meant that much he should have had a more tearful or like yeah don't forget what i told you in the first book (laughs) never don't be nice you know and he's like that i do remember that i'll never forget (laughs) (laughs) and then like so yeah, and also Luke Skywalker's office. Like, what's Luke Skywalker's office look like? <laughs> what does? It's probably real nerdy and like, <laughs> he's got a bobblehead. Yes, I, I, I like like a Darth Vader bobblehead. <laughs> right. So this is all very strange that Luke has an office to me. Number one master on a mug. <laughs> Number one master. World's greatest. World's greatest Jedi master. <laughs> Bought this myself. Found it at Spencer's <laughs> Gifts. So, yeah. Uh, they find out that Jaina has left, and they're like, we gotta figure this out. So, w- w- when they find out that Andre has stolen the thing, I'm always just confused in these books. Like, there's no structure to this academy. Right. Luke yeah. doesn't ever teach There's anybody. no, like, lesson plans. There's no written Today, exams. we're gonna work on this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just people hanging out squeezing each other under the table. Yeah, really. And just stealing ships all the time. And meanwhile, Luke's like, that's probably the will of the force. <laughs> Go figure <laughs> it out. Best teacher ever. <laughs> yeah. It was meant to happen. He is collecting a paycheck. <laughs> Wait, no, he's not. Who's paying him? So, like, they tell them, hey, your student stole Zach's ship. And he's like, well, 
you should probably go out and figure that out. Doesn't sound like a job for New Republic security. Sounds like my best student should go figure that. Like, he's just... Don't call the cops. Just, you know, figure it out. Yeah, he's very Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. He's yeah. like, screw your textbooks. Yeah. Go out there and seize the day. <laughs> and probably diem, some aliens, dude. too, while you're at it. Seize her hand under the table. <laughs> seize Tentacle's entire arm. And then the day. Carpe orm. Arm. Orm is Aquaman's enemy. <laughs> So yeah, they, Crystal they, Reef, Aquaman. I'm sensing a connection here. <laughs> Shout out to Isaac. <laughs> so yeah, so he, um, all the young Jedi Knights, they, they go to Kessel. This is where the uh, bad crime happens to. It's oh, uh, <laughs> not one of those good crimes. I hate him. Bad crime happens to Neem Nub. Oh, okay. So we talked about this in our solo commentary, where we were curious, like. How in-depth was Kessel ever really described in old canon? Yeah. And so I was intrigued when a large chunk of this book takes place on Kessel. I mean, about half the book's on Kessel and half the book is in Canto Pite, basically. <laughs> so I, I, I underlined some key little descriptions here of, of Kessel. In particular, it, it's introduced like this. As she came into the castle system, she steered clear of the treacherous conglomeration of black holes known as the Maw Cluster, which had given rise to the classic challenge of the Kessel Run. So that's the Maw Cluster. Yeah. That's exactly what they have to go through to get to Kessel mm-hmm. in the book. And then later, there's, there's some more um, descriptions. Oh, yes. Okay. So, Andra flies to Kessel. She's like, I must go to the source of where all drugs come from to get my <laughs> drugs. And so she gets to Castle. She's wandering around. And she runs into a character from Ord Mantell. Oh, no. Which one? Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim. Lil' Mitt. He's back, baby. The weapons monger. I was Be there in jail. I was so excited to see him. I was like, I remember that guy. <laughs> and we kept on calling him Lil Kim. And that led to a story about you seeing Lil, Lil Bow Wow in the dentist office. Yep. So My yeah. orthodontist. <laughs> orthodont. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh in his craft, of course. Do you remember what his spacecraft is called? Oh no, there's no way. I'll the remember. Rude Awakening. The Rude Awakening. <laughs> Boy, I was just in for one right there. <laughs> yeah. With the name of that ship. That's right. Yeah, I gotcha. So he's there hanging out, being suspicious. So and he's not in jail or anything. He's not just hanging in out jail. on Castle. Also, I bet he... he committed a crime. Oh, well, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> so this whole thing is very strange. Castle in this book, this is obviously post. Original trilogy. So the good guys won. Lando basically bought out Kessel, and it is now, instead of like a slavery drug mine like it is as we see it in the solo movie, mm-hmm. it's a nice, respectable business place where they sell drugs instead. Oh, okay. And our old pal, rebellion hero Neum Nub, is like the. <laughs> master of, of all course. of castle i don't of know course. what his title is he's the operations manager <clears throat> that's basically what um, he's called yeah. so that's kind of the state of castle it's not the seedy underground scary place because that would be dramatically no, fun to now, go to a place like no, that but now it's a nice drug place <laughs> it's basically a vacation resort it's, it's a like, nice drug it's like place. colorado <laughs> yeah instead of ohio it's you medicinal can... now right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we only sell andrus that we give to doctors <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's only like, for glaucoma. She, yeah, it helps with people's nausea. <laughs> uh, like this is another thing that I just can't deal with. She just now finds out that Little Mitt works with Cezethros, which I guess she didn't know before. Okay, because I, I think Cezethros didn't want her to know that because he was causing the civil war on his own planet, on her own planet of right. Anubis. But here's her line of thinking: Cezethros, you're sure you work for him? She said. <sighs> Thinking of how Cezethrus had pretended to be her friend, taken her under his wing, trained her on Orb Mantel, how could he be involved in such terrible things? Of course, he had ordered his henchmen <laughs> to kill the young Jedi. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah, earlier, obviously. Just earlier, she was like, Cezethrus is bad. I'm going to kill him. And now she's like, how Wait, is he such a bad he's guy? He's bad? Yeah, I, I can't figure out. I thought I was killing a good guy. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to feel about either of these characters? Yeah. And Loman's like, yeah. So do you. We both work for Cezethros. <laughs> and anyway, he is like, if you really want Andrus, you gotta go to Cape Cod in space. Of and she's course. like, okay. I'm getting bored with this episode already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to make it less boring. Oh, yeah, okay. So you know how, like, there's kind of been a weird thing with Kim's in this trilogy, like... With just Kim's? Yeah, I, okay. as a joke, I called him Lil' Kim. But then right. in the second book, there was a character named mm Kim. Mm Kim, that's right. And then in this book, second administrator Kim. K-Y-M-N. So obviously one of the authors has a friend named Kim or a daughter named Kim or something. Exactly. That they Who they must hate because second administrator Kim is, is a bad person. <laughs> This is uh, Neem Nub's second-in-command. Okay. And it's always like in Scooby-Doo where it's like, yep, I run the mansion. Uh, oh, my friend Fred there, he works in the back. Anyway. Not uh, suspicious at all. Exactly. Yeah. He's introduced like that. Like, oh, and also second-in-administrator Kim is here. He's kind of new. Ah, he's all right. I trust him with my life. <laughs> yep. He never heard a fly. <laughs> you see him stomping a fly in the background. Yeah. So, Which is hard to do, admittedly. It's <laughs> yeah, impressive. I mean, Second Mystery Kim literally stomps on a fly. Um, yeah, so the young Jedi Knights get there, and they're like, yeah, they're they're following Anya. They they want to figure out where she went. And Neiman was like, nah, you got to help me figure out. Somebody attempted to kill me. Who could have possibly done this? Also, here's my friend, Second Administrator Kim. But who could have done this? <laughs> And meanwhile, Lilimit's like trying to get out of there when he's talking to Anya, like, I gotta get out of there before something bad happens. I mean, nothing. And then he leaves. Not suspicious. Right. So, um, another thing that just confuses me about everyone's motivations and knowledge of anything that's ever happening, they know that Anya is on drugs because Lando knew in the book. Right. And they were like, don't do it. Yeah. And they were like, you want drugs? We're your friend. Don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. So, Jason frowned at his sister for implying that Anja was trying to do something illegal on Kessel, but Neemnab was already answering. It's like, what? she's only known for doing illegal things. Yeah, that's all she's ever <laughs> only done. Thing you ever, the only thing you know her for is doing illegal things, trying to kill people and yeah, doing drugs. He likes her. He does. He has a little thing for He's her, and Ten will cause a little, a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, I mean... You know what? She may do bad things, and she may, you know, take drugs and be a little sketchy, <laughs> but she has two arms. Yeah. So. Listen, I know. want someone who's all woman. Not 99%. 1% is her arm. <laughs> 1% robot arm. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I really am getting bored talking about this, and I feel like this is a boring episode, and I feel No, bad. it's fun. Okay, good. We're friends. Okay, good. Now I feel better. Let me give you just like a quick recap of what happens, and I'll see if we have anything to talk about after this. Okay. <laughs> or if we're going to do any dramatic readings or anything. So, like, they, they follow Anja, half of them go mm-hmm. to Crystal Reef. Reef. Which it turns out, Crystal Reefer. Hey, you know what? Crystal Good Meth point. Reefer. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Drugs. Anja Mayalu. Oh my Ugh. gosh. Is there any poetry in this? Because it sure rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, another weird thing happens, which is like Neon is like, hey, you know, a Jedi healer lives on crystal reef too she can probably help you out probably (laughs) that's cool that she works at a casino (laughs) how convenient that is Silgal. Silgal or something that a mon calamari right yeah so they go to mon calamari this this book series feels like a checklist of like okay what existing planets haven't we been to Mm -hmm. what famous characters so they're kind of scraping the bottle of the barrel pretty sure this person's related to akbar too Oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm sure, because they, they mention Akbar, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't not mention. They have to mention Akbar. At one point in the book, they recap the entirety of Star Wars, and that's true. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah. Like, Luke thinks back and thinks about everything that happened in everyone in the movies. His and mind it's like, nah, flip. That was a good trilogy. Like, it, this <laughs> book is just full of that stuff. The basic plot of the rest of the book is, like, they the, the Crystal Reef crew... They're going around Crystal Reef looking for Anja, at, at which point they they come to the casino part. And I did want to read some of this because it, it's kind of interesting how some of it connects to like Canto Bite a little bit. Because Canto Bite was the thing like we've never seen a Star Wars casino before. Me, an intellectual, goes, <laughs> "You have not read Young Jedi Knights. <laughs> Already exists." So. It says I'm honestly surprised Lando doesn't own the casino. I know. I and I need to do more research because he honestly might. I, he I might. I know. I just he read this everything. book, but I kind of forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a confusing sentence. I am Silgal, she said, nodding patiently and rolling her round brown eyes. I am a Jedi Knight and the ambassador for this planet. So she's saying this nicely and patiently, but also rolling her eyes? Her big giant eyes that you can't hide that with your I, I don't understand what that is. How do, I'm trying to think of a reenactment of a person being patient and yet rolling their eyes. Can I? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to look something up about that person. Uh, please do. Because I'm pretty sure their name is misspelled in a lot of books. Oh, interesting, Silgal. Yes. Several sources misspell her name as Cligghall. <laughs> because I every time you say Silgal, I think of Cligghall. Because I read a book where she was it was spelled as Cligghall the entire time. It is a thing where like an editor wouldn't notice misspelling or like right. they just like another friggin' alien name. They switch the, the L and the I. Yeah. And so sometimes she's Cligghall, sometimes she's Silgal. <laughs> and I'm sure. That there is some explanation like, oh, I'm people sure are always some, mispronouncing my yes. name. Even the authors of these books. Yep, there's something really <laughs> stupid, I'm sure. But yeah, every time you say Silgal, I think it's wrong yeah. because I remember Kligal. So Crystal Reef 
It is uh, it's a lot like Cantobite. It is explicitly described as a casino resort for the rich elite, which is what Cantobite is. Cantobite. With a key difference. I know this you're going to. I know you're going to. Well, first of all, it's on water. I know you're going to like this sentence. A surprising variety of beings bustled about, many of them obviously tourists, others uniformed employees of the Crystal Reef Resort. Jason noticed Mon Calamarians, uh, Tentacled Corin, uh, Bith Musicians, yes! Walrus Faith Aqualish, Horn Deveronians, and ten other races of sentient creatures he could identify as well. As two dozen more, he could not. So, I mean, listen, are there new aliens in there? Yeah. But you're interspersed with your familiar friends. Oh, that felt good, hearing that sentence. I know. I read that and I was like, how hard would it have been to include a couple of our old guys in there? Just throw me a Quarren. Throw, throw me an Aqualish. Throw me one of them and throw their weird faces. Me. Hey, coach, put me in, coach. <laughs> Give me a Deveronian. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so easy to just put a Deveronian in Canto Bite. Do you think that there's going to be a fan edit of that movie? That digitally inserts people from the, the yeah. bar and the cantina in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should be, honestly. Just ha- it inserts one rubber mask on one of those aliens. <laughs> yeah, so like... That's cool. I'm happy. <laughs> so as they're looking around for Anja, I have a dramatic reading, which Ooh. we'll insert in post. <laughs> the data hunter's smooth, toothless mouth smiled politely. Its numerous arms and hands moved in a blur, typing in requests, searching records, hunting through databases. What excellent luck. Ambassador Anja Galandra should be easy to locate in our beautiful city. The data hunter said. The young lady has not yet visited any of our casinos or gambling establishments. Though, with your good luck, Ambassador, maybe you should. Jason tried unsuccessfully to suppress a chuckle at this blatant sales pitch. When Siligal did not answer, the data hunter quickly continued. In fact, your friend has run up only a minimal bill during our stay here. Perhaps she is on the budget plan? That is a strong possibility. Tenelcock confirmed. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Zack muttered. Impatient to get going, Jason leaned forward. So where is she now? Ah. The data hunter looked down at the screen, though Jason could see only a blur of symbols flashing by. At this moment, Andre Galandro is visiting in our popular vehicle rental docks, attempting to procure a highly enjoyable underwater mode of transportation. I see. She's been there for some time already. I believe she's engaged in an energetic discussion with our fine entertainment representative. Unfortunately, your friend has no reservation or established credit, and we have quite a long and enthusiastic waiting list. Our state-of-the-art mini-submersiles are one of the most sought-after forms of entertainment here on beautiful Crystal Reef. I could book one for you if you are interested, Ambassador. We have a spectacular brochure. The data hunter reached out an articulated hand to offer them a packet of colorful images. But Silgal turned away with a polite smile. Thank you. You've been most helpful. (laughs) Giving a friendly wave, she ushered her young Jedi friends toward a lift platform behind the information booth. The data hunter waved all ten arms in a shrug of dismay and waited for another customer from whom it could earn a commission. What a You're bunch of words. What missing happened? out. What happened? <laughs> You'll see when you tune into this week's episode. <laughs> we didn't read this earlier. Nope. It's all happening in real time. Jasmine's walking in. And, oh, she just walked out. It was nice of her to come in, read a couple lines, and then leave immediately. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's just strange that there's this whole section of, like, a person trying to upsell them on, like, 
going on a tour and stuff. It's, it seems it's like weird. fluff because they needed to get their page number up. There's really not a lot of story here. Yeah. And maybe even more than any of the other novels. Like, once they get to this planet, I mean, this crazy tentacle creature tells them exactly where Anja is. And sure enough, they go there, and there she is. Mm-hmm. And they talk to her and recap the entire book up to that point. And she's like, oh, okay, well, can you help me? Because what she's doing there on Crystal Reef is renting a sub, an underground tourist sub, okay, to destroy the secret underwater stash of Zephyrus' Androspice, which is hidden beneath the polar ice caps of this planet. <laughs> Why? Why, though? Does the book answer oh, why? Because obviously there, they would keep fresh. But it's just drugs. <laughs> this book's sponsored by Subway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it is like... Talking so, to someone microphone. even says like, of course, if he keeps them there, it would keep them fresh. Or, you know, oh, some course. justification of like, well, of course, they're underwater oh. in polar ice caps. So, but now she's suddenly there. To, I thought she's there to get drugs. So she went to... I'm sorry, I skipped over this very important okay. detail. A, a detail that I feel very conflicted about. She goes to Castle to get drugs. Mm-hmm. She can't get any. It's too heavily right. guarded he by the New Republic. But when she runs into Lil' Kim, uh-huh. she's like, give me some drugs. And he's like, okay. And so she takes a hit. She's like, I just need this one hit to get me to that stash so I can get Cezedros and kill him myself. Or hit him where it hurts and get his drug stash. So she does a hit of drugs to get her through. Cool. And it's kind of seen as like, well, she needed to do she that. She obviously. <laughs> it's like not chastised all that much, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. So she convinces all of our young Jedi Knights to go in this sub. Oh, this is this is something here. So like she's trying to talk to this tree-like creature hmm. who's like guarding these subs, the submersiles. So anyway, but it's a tree <laughs> creature who's kind of like getting in her way. But Zach and Jason and Jaina, they're so precocious and charming oh, and yeah. nice that they convince him. He's like, hey, I don't have any for rent, but this is my personal sub. You go down there and you do what you need to do because you're friends with Luke Skywalker. <laughs> He's cool. And so. Not wrong. No. He's cool. He's cool. Yeah. And that's true. I would let Luke's nephew borrow my sub. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Ben Solo, give him absolutely. your sub. <laughs> so, we'll take good care of your little sub, Zek assured him. Does it have a name? The Yarin. It's a Yarin. Yarin. The Yarin gave a wheeze that Zek figured must have met a chuckle. <laughs> and said, I call her the Alpha. Among my people, it is a word that means fish so small that it is not worth catching. We can't thank you enough, Harbor Master, Silgal said. We would take we will take good care of your Alpha. Alpha? <laughs> How's it spelled? E L F A. That's so dumb. Like Elfo from Disenchantment. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a it's a new like Simpsons Futurama show. It's a new oh, Matt Groening show. That thing. Yeah, it's good. Alpha. And there's a character named Elfo. <laughs> and No. Yeah. I mean maybe Elfo's name means fish so small it is not worth catching. But also, why, again, did you think about that? Why? Why did he ask the <laughs> ship's name? <laughs> and why couldn't you think of a better name? 
yeah, then the alpha. Alpha. It's not good. So yeah. they they are kind of like the bongo. They're they're going <laughs> underwater. The <Una> bongo. <laughs> We shall give you una bongo. <laughs> he suddenly speaks Spanish a little bit. A little tiny it, bit. A little bit. <laughs> this is a strange portion of the book because it's like they they go underwater to destroy scary. the drug stash. Very scary. I don't like dark. water. No, 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 no. I, this is well established. Yeah. And so, yeah, the drugs are just like floating in crates beneath the polarized <laughs> And it's like they this book has a lot of issues with letting the main characters do stuff and with making sure it's not too scary. Okay, 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 okay. So brief sidebar, like what's happening back on Kessel is our our other young Jedi Knights are are trying to figure out what's happening. What's happening is second administrator Kim is kind of staging a coup making way for Cezedros and his evil minions to come down and take control of the planet. Mm. And so the evil Cezedros Black Sun Guards come down and they, they, they start killing everybody. Oh, but no. here's what the book says. They looked down and watched helplessly. Within minutes, the mercenary soldiers had all had subdued all resistance with as little bloodshed as possible. <laughs> <laughs> funny, like, like, they're mercenaries, but they're nice. Yeah, I mean, like, they were trying to do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, like, they're, they're not too it, it has this long section of them like killing everyone, but it's like, but not too many people died. No, Don't worry, parents. Like, Don't write Scholastic. Enough that it's still a PG. Yes. You know? Like, that's yes. how many people died. A PG I'll, level. Although I'm people. pretty sure somebody like vomits up guts in Ord Mantel. Oh, nice. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> you, you never know. Um, so yeah, they, they go underneath the water, and, and the characters aren't allowed to do stuff in this book. The first issue with this is... The drug stash. You would think that Anja is the one who finally gets the cathartic moment yeah, of destroying that stash. She overcomes her addiction, destroys the stash, and she's like, oh, like yes. lost. Like Charlie like throwing lost. the drugs in the fire. Oh, my God. Great comparison. Yes. Don't tune into Lost and Found. We haven't updated in a while because we kind of <laughs> got bored of doing it. Uh, <laughs> I we, didn't know. <laughs> well, we recorded a lot of episodes, and I just can't be bothered to edit it. Um, so... <laughs> But that's not what happens. Silgal, this random character, or Clickhall, or Clickhall, whatever. Clickhall is such a bad name. <laughs> it it's way worse for some reason. So it's two letters in a name, and it's worse. I mean, if yep. your name was like Early, Early, that's <laughs> yeah, worse. That's worse. Kajub, worse than Jacob. <laughs> it's true. Um, Silgal. Now I have to think about it. She takes control of the submarine's like robotic arms. There's no weapons on the ship, uh-huh. so they can't shoot the drugs. So. They try to like ram into it. That does not break the box of drugs. Also, you're like hurting this guy's ship. You said you wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I, I immediately run into stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with this particular segment. So she uses the claws to try to squeeze the box to crush it. Doesn't work. It only starts to like leak out everything, and she's like, "Ah, they can was... still recover everything." Huh. So what she does? She takes. Both claws of the outer submarine. You've seen this in movies where there's like the little claws on the outside of the submarine. Mm-hmm. Takes one box in in clamps one box in one claw, one in the other, and she bangs them together <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> to break them. That's and so that's stupid. how they destroy the boxes of drugs, uh, yeah, which is very funny to me. Banging two boxes together is that like is very funny. the climax. Also, considering nearly everybody in that sub has the force. 
and could theoretically like okay. do something with the boxes. I thought for sure I was like, okay, cool. They're gonna like do like a crusher move yeah. on the boxes and use their force powers. Now, now the force doesn't really come into too much help with the young Jedi Knights in this book. Which I understand, maybe they're in training. They don't know how to do it. But you got like a Jedi mm. healer master here in Silgal. She should be able to use the Force. So why do we have a healer, you ask? Well, oh. meanwhile, all she throughout this process. a council member eventually, I think, Silgal. I actually oh, like the character. That's kind of cool. I didn't realize that that was an existing character. Yeah, she comes back for like the Yuzhen Vong arc and stuff. She's cool. Oh. I think I'm going to read that after I finish the Thrawn trilogy. You, you should, because I'm reading stuff. it too. We should read it together. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. I know Jasmine knows it pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. So... They drive away from the drugs that they destroyed by clanging them together like infants. <laughs> and they <laughs> play with blocks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like smashing two boxes of cereal together and spreading the cereal <laughs> everywhere. So they're riding away and a big evil sea monster comes and it's it's like it's, it's exactly like the Phantom Menace. Where even like the eye comes in the ship and everything. They're escaping, and meanwhile, Anja is like tripping out. She's still going through withdrawal. And she wants to die because she's just in so much pain. <laughs> and Silgal uses her Jedi healing powers in a way that they're really dancing a line here. They yeah. they take she uses her healing powers to kind of put Anja in like a coma and take away the physical pain of her withdrawal. But they <sighs> definitely say. But the addiction in your mind, we we can't take that can't away. That, that you have to overcome, which I'm I'm a little bit okay with. Yeah, it's like so well, they flush it out of her system, I guess. Yeah, but she still has to but overcome the still, mental thing. Yeah. So they do that. That happens. Okay. Great. They Thanks, are Silgal. escaping the monster, but in the process of this, they are trapped beneath the polarized caps, which have crumbled around them, and they're trapped beneath everything. Suddenly, they're like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't we Jedis with, like, lightsabers and crap? <laughs> and so they swim out there and use their lightsabers to break underwater to break the polarized gas. The kit fisted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like Clone Wars. Yep. The one kind of interesting thing that I liked is, obviously, Zach had to, like, construct his lightsaber earlier. It comes into play where... Like, one of the characters asks, can we use these things underwater? And so it goes, like, if you constructed them right, you can. And Zach's like, okay, I'm cool. And, like, Tenno caused a little worry, too, because she has this, like, Rancor Tooth lightsaber that oh, she had to yeah, cobble together. But they're like, no, we did this right. Another we- connection to Courtship, where she's from, Dathomir. Kind of cool. Yes. Using this Rancor is Rancor Tooth lightsaber. Uh, we might as well address this right away. In the last chapter, I'm reading along this morning, finishing this up. Yeah. And... To my surprise, everyone's parents is in this final Jedi <laughs> ceremony. Of course. And it's Telenial and Princess Holder. And I'm like, what? Wait, what a minute. Tenoka is related to these characters. It's all connected. That, it's that, all connected. That blew my mind. I texted you guys and you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, there's a cool twist in this book. And you're like, oh, I totally know we what it is. Know. I was like, oh, man. We know who she is. Yeah. And then you laughed at me, which is fine. So they they break the uh, ice with their lightsabers. And... Anja finds one of the vials of drugs that broke out from that box. And that's her final moment to be like, I could take it now, but no, I'm going to let it go. Mm. And another kind of cool moment is she's like, you know what? Jedi's go through so much work to get their lightsabers. I just stole mine. I didn't work for this. I didn't go through any kind of ritual. I don't deserve this lightsaber. I'm going to let this go too. So she lets go of the vial of drugs and the lightsaber. She just like lets it go in the sea 
Like, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be bad, but I'm also not a Jedi. That's not my path. I kind of like that moment. Yeah, that's kind of neat. This uh, stuff, That's like character development, which that is was, weird for this series. It was weird. Back on Kessel, they mess with the toilets to mess with the second administration. Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're back. It's getting a little heavy with the character development. We're back. They reverse the plumbing to make sure all the poop comes back up on second administrator Lil' Kim. <laughs> it's <laughs> so stupid. Cezanthros, I would argue, is the least developed villain, nay, character in all of Star Wars. He's kind of just like a bad guy. He is literally only ever seen in the background, given yeah. slight lines of dialogue like, blah, I'm evil, doing all the things. In this book, he is the main bad guy, officially. They're chasing him on the planet, but we never see him. He never says anything. He's just in the background. He makes me think of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah. With every episode at the end of the episode or the beginning, you'd see like the guy with the claw. Yeah, Dr. Claw. Dr. Claw. And he would say something evil, and then that's it. Like yeah, and that's he never he did anything. Never did anything. It was always he like ostensibly his things. plan. We never right. saw him. That's a great comparison. Yeah, he, he is was... exactly like Doctor Claw. Yeah. Okay. The ultimate affront to not letting characters do things, which he has been the villain for three straight books now. Right. He is their nemesis. Um, <laughs> ooh, happened to stumble across another little quote, which I might as well say this. Say it. Uh, Before I I forget. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Han, who appears at the end of the book, talking to all the people. Jason feels bad that he trusted Anja despite her being evil and doing drugs this time. And Han says, a pretty girl with a pair of sad eyes can make it hard to see the truth sometimes, Han observed. Come on, Han. Han, I just had to deal with you in courtship. Now I got this nonsense going on. so bad in the books? (laughs) I... Han is so good in the movies. You think Rebecca Moessa would have stepped in and be like, "No, no, no, we're not going to do that." I'd love to read. I need to read a, a novelization of A New Hope or Empire and see if, like, if the only thing keeping Han from being a creep all the time is Harrison Ford. <laughs> like, is it the way Harrison acts that he keeps would, Han from being the worst? He would change the script too. So that's yeah. an interesting thought. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another thing, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. The monster that's chasing them, right, like underwater. Well, they they knock together all these, so they they've knocked together all the box of drugs except for one. Then the monster comes, and it eats the box of drugs, which is like cocaine, and so it makes the monster like cocaine monster, and it goes insane and really starts chasing them. To which I wrote, "The monster eats a box of drugs" in my book. <laughs> the monster eats a box of drugs. <laughs> It obviously wasn't that important because I completely forgot about it until but I happened it was, to see that. It was fun. It's very the monster ate a box of drugs. I was pretty psyched. I was like, okay, now we're rolling, <laughs> young Jedi Knights. This is what I want to see. Um, now we're Grand Moff talking. Now we're Grand Moff talking. Grand Moff reading. This is crazy. So the young Jedi Knights have, uh, you know, been kind of like hiding in the catacombs of Castle. And before we end the show, I'm going to go back and, and try to find some of the descriptions of Castle because I was. I felt like I'll bet you the story group dug this up for the art department for Han Solo. Yeah. The, or Solo, the movie. That's cool. You know, it's how it's called Han Solo, the Han movie. Han Solo, the movie. Yeah. A Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Han Solo, the movie. A Star Wars movie. <laughs> so, Cisadros, the main bad guy of the entire series. Right. In, the last, in the last book ever right. of this series. This is going to be a big showdown. It's got to be. It's got to be like, I don't want to hype it up too much, but this has to be a crazy showdown with lots of action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. have to have some character development. You know, they've yes. been dealing with this guy for so long. Yes. The cathartic 
He's tried to kill them. Children. Right. right. He's tried to kill children. This is a terrible person. Terrible guy. And they're finally going to get their revenge on Cesaros. They all have lightsabers? Yeah. Oh, they're going to be uh, so formidable. Oh, my God. He won't be able to deal with them. And they got them right where they want them. Right. They're chasing them down the, the catacombs. Now, there's these blind beetle worker things which i'm kind of confused about they're okay. working down there sure so zethers blasted one of the beetles its shell split open and it fell dead beside one of the open vats of raw carbonite clacking its jaws steaming green ooze poured from the smoking wound so he shoots like a beetle as he's right. running it's along got, like, poison blood yeah and it's like gooping everywhere and he's like that. so he's like running around like shooting like Rah! They back Cezethrus in a corner, and they're like, we gotcha. Meanwhile, like, the guards of the New Republic are here by now, and, and they've freed, like, prisoners and stuff, yeah. and so everybody's after him. So, they got him backed around a corner. All right, then. I'll surrender. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. I'll surrender. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why you said that. All right, then. I'll surrender. is answer came too easily. Jaina sensed a subtle, devious intent in his voice. I'm holding out my weapon. I'm coming out. Don't shoot. So he slowly comes out, and he's pretending like he's going to put down his gun. But then he says, Cesaro's rolled, swung up his blaster rifle, and stepped sideways, screaming, You won't take me alive! But as he let fly a full Power blast from the rifle, his foot came down in a pool of slick, oozing green blood from the beetle he had killed. He slipped and stumbled over the carcass. With a loud cry, his blaster rifle firing harmlessly toward the ceiling, Cezethros lurched backwards and fell into the open vat. The carbonite enveloped him in its fog of absolute penetrating cold. He got home alone. He got home alone. That's how it ended. They didn't, yeah. they didn't get to fight him. He literally slipped in bug juice they and did fell nothing. into a vat of yeah. chemicals. Oh, that's disappointing. The freaking end. We built that up. I really thought they were going to do something great. <laughs> I know. I know I hyped it up like that. It's it, So it's a lot of that. I mean... It's just... I know they don't want to show, like, these kids killing someone, which I get. But, but you have think them, that... Have them arrested or something. Could could they have devised a plan... For him to slip into the carbonite? Exactly. Yes. You know, yeah. and he's in carbonite. I mean, they even established later that, okay, well, we can go back and get him. He's in carbonite. Right. Han's like, I've had some experience with that no, before. And you're like, oh, I, I remember that when he was in carbonite. <laughs> I know. A couple little... Th- okay, I wanted to do a thing, which I'm too bored to do, but there was a really, there's a thing that happens three times in this book where the authors say, like, they spent a full minute in silence. Oh, boy, that's, or they spent that's uncomfortable. Or they a full minute doing this. In the last chapter, it's basically just, like, the end of A New Hope or or Phantominus, where, like, it's just, like, a big celebration. Like, mm-hmm. Luke's like... I sent you guys out to get a ship back and you brought down the whole Black Sun Empire. <laughs> you guys are graduating from the Young Jedi Knights Academy. <laughs> it's everybody's parents are there. They literally say thousands of people are there. Oh, boy. Which I don't understand where all these people are coming from. Why? Why do all these people care? So they, like, and it's kind of neat. Like, they all, like, all the Young Jedi Knights, like, shoot up their lightsabers and ignite them in the air all triumphantly. Yeah. And it says, when the crowd had spent a full two minutes roaring in approval, the Jedi historian, Tioni, quietly moved to the front of the dais at one side. So I thought it'd be funny to do dramatic readings and like have you put in a full minute of silence, put in two two full minutes minutes of applause. (laughs) I thought it'd be funny that I thought no one would listen to that. No one would like that. insane. But I thought it was funny. That is funny. 
That is funny. A little bit of Jake, behind- that's funny. Riley, I'm glad you said that because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I a little bit of behind the scenes trivia for the for the fans of our show. Fans. Which by God, if you listen this far, you're a fan. Uh, a fan of you. We have thought about doing uh, like a sound or like an audio drama yes uh for a while and we were going to do like after i finished this book at like a young jedi knights thing and kind of find a way to tie in like all the dumb books we've read and everything into one kind of like fun fan fiction Mm -hmm. drama and so like i wrote up an outline of it which i think we could still use Mm -hmm. i did a little Uh, speck of it yeah and you did like a little speck of it which is cool and um but the main plot of it involved Cezedros kind of throughout like over the course of decades planting Black Sun shadow agents in various places of the New Republic and then one day activating them all and suddenly like Leia is taken captive like everybody is taken Mm -hmm. captive and it's it's up to young Jedi Knights and Luke and Han and the few remaining people on Yavin to take care of it all. And uh, that is what happens in this book. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Not exactly that, but Cezedros' plan is like the reason why they're able to take over Kessel is because they're he has shadow agents yeah. and he has planted shadow agents and all the forms of government in the New Republic. And all they're waiting on is Cezedros' command to activate everybody, like, you know, like yeah. Order 66. Yeah. And so they stop him before they're able to do that. Oops, we wrote a Young Jedi Knights audio drama. <laughs> that was actually a book. <laughs> so what kind of works about it is that the way this book ends, are like, yeah, we'll have to find all these guys before they do anything. And Zethros is frozen in carbonite. So if we wanted to, we could still continue that story. It kind of does, because he, comes, he can get out of carbonite and activate everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I like... What I was thinking is like maybe because like Thrawn was gonna play a a, a yeah. piece in it, maybe like Thrawn can send one of his guys to like get Cezethers before the New Republic's able to get to him or or something like that. Yeah. Or or, or Thrawn's like whatever. Cezethers was a piece of garbage. He did his part. We can still go through with this plan. I still think it could be cool, but I remember reading that was thinking. Dang, that was the whole thing. That was I thought that was kind of a neat idea, and then there it is. I guess it's not the most original idea. In the now world, you're but you're as good a writer as Kevin J. Anderson. That's <laughs> all I've ever wanted. That's all I've. Ever if you want us to still do an audio drama, yeah. somehow it'll be a lot like our dramatic readings, but no narration because it'll just be a drama, and it'll be something we made up. And but we our- talk about doing it all the time. We sure do. <laughs> we. Well, the thing is, though, we, it's didn't, a lot of work. we didn't want it to just be like dumb. Like we no. wanted to try to make it as good as we could and, and not be not be actors. All... Yeah, we went, We didn't want it to be like tongue in cheek and like wasn't the EU dumb. Like we wanted to try to like make it as good as we could. We're discovering we like the EU a lot. <laughs> yeah. Through reading all these books. And we're also discovering it's not hard to write a book as good as Kevin J. Anderson or it's Rebecca Moestuff. No, like, sorry, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Sorry, Rebecca. I mean, we love you guys. You, love you. You provided us a lot of content. You've gotten us so much content. And that's really all we want. <laughs> Just want content. Content to content. <laughs> Hashtag content to content. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, if you want us to do that, we would. Although, I had an idea, though. Okay. This might be more of a fan fiction idea. Tell me why we couldn't have Young Jedi Knights in New Canon with Luke's new academy. Set in sequel, like, new canon continuity. You mean for our thing? For our thing. Yeah, why not? I don't care. That'd be cool. That would we be could cool. Have, we could have Ben in there. 
put little Ben in there. Little Ben. I'd miss Jason and Jaina, but you know. Yeah, no, you know what? Never mind. Screw that. Let's do Jason and Jaina. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did think like because I've been thinking, why aren't there any ongoing series in New Canon? Because that I, that does seem like I don't know. It's cool for me to like. I, I mean, and I'll be honest. My plan is to try to find the first one of these things and try to work through the rest of the series. Like I'm kind of into this now. It's weird that they didn't. Um, that they haven't done a, a young adult series. Like you could do an yeah. Adventures of BB-8 or something. Like oh maybe God. not him because you want someone who can speak. But like yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah. you can get a character. It could have been Poe. You could have followed Poe around. I think. Um, it's you weird. know, we have time to kill. We have time to kill. Let's just talk about the thing that we were going to maybe talk about a little bit. Okay. Which was the kind of like the difference in approach between Aftermath and the Thrawn trilogy. Yes. In launching a new continuity. Mm-hmm. The difference, of course, is that what really launched a new continuity was not Aftermath, but The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Everything that Aftermath did was dictated by the choices that Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams made. What was launching this new continuity is a new film yeah. where the old continuity came out of a place of Star Wars has been dead for like 10, 15 years. And we don't know when it's going to come back. Like George obviously had his ideas and he wanted to do new movies, but they were so far away. He wanted to revamp the brand and get people kind of back on board before he started launching movies. And he knew that his movies that he was going to do wouldn't affect anything after Return of the Jedi. True. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were prequels. prequels. So he was like, not going to get to those for a while. Go ahead. Some guy named mark thompson narrate this audiobook <laughs> no, i'm just kidding i don't know why i made it about mark thompson he didn't think mark thompson i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't either so what is your we're, we've been doing a lot of eu stuff yes we like the eu i love it. i had no nod yeah. of it coming into the podcast now mm-hmm. i'm a fan i'm excited to read more stuff but the Thrawn trilogy i feel like you don't have that close of a connection to it no i don't i i read them all when i was younger Honestly, I cannot tell you what happens in book two or three of the Thrawn trilogy. I was going to ask you. That's so interesting because I only ever hear about Heir to the Empire. Yeah. I, I have no clue how that trilogy Are they not concludes. as good or something? Or was it just like the I big think, watershed moment was Heir to the Empire? And I think I tried whatever. to read them too young. I didn't read them when they first came out, but it was somewhere around in there. So I would have been like eight maybe when I tried to read okay. them for the first time. And I think they were just a little beyond, like I still liked them cause I was reading about star Wars, but it, it was hard for them to keep my interest. Um, I don't have a strong connection to, to them because I like the character of Thrawn. I don't really love Timothy Zahn. Yeah. I, I, and it's not, he's not a bad writer. No, I just don't, and I don't enjoy actually reading the Thrawn novels. I think some cool stuff happens in them, but whenever I sit back down and go, I need to read these again, I just am like, ah, you know, I'm just not enjoying this. That's that's really interesting. I I think that Timothy Zahn, having read like splinter the mind's eye which is so dull i mean alan dean foster is like a big fantasy writer and Mm -hmm. he's a pretty good like his prose is good i think he was out of his depth with that book like it's so dull we talked about on the show that book bad and book bad book bad uh but they picked an author who clearly like 
Timothy Zahn loves Star Wars to death. Mm-hmm. He is a good fantasy writer. He can write fast-paced stuff, and he had a real voice for the character. Like, I think better than most authors, he captures Han Solo dialogue, Leia. Like, he he did a good job of capturing their voices. Where, like, when I read yeah. it, I'm like, this sounds like stuff they would yeah, say. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, half the time when I'm pulled out of EU stuff, it's because it's dialogue. I'm reading Han stuff, and it's like, Han would not say this? Yeah. This sucks. Courtship was full of that. Uh, yeah. No one, just, in anyone, no one in that book would have said any of those lines. Yeah, it just felt totally off from the characters. And yeah. I think because the story is wacko, it involves force-resistant lizards for a big old portion of it. The Ifthimari. Yes. And Is that uh, how he says it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. And uh, it involves just a... A clone of a Jedi. A clone of like a Jedi? Bad, bad. Who's evil? Yeah. Wait till uh, you get the clone of Luke Skywalker. Woo! I'm not joking. I you. didn't even know. It's not in... The, I don't think it's in those books, but there is oh, a story okay. of a clone of Luke Skywalker. Jeezy Pete's. You know how he differentiates himself? Is L- it his hand? U- U- Luke Skywalker. I'm into that. That's a great choice. (laughs) That might be in the second Thrawn trilogy. I'm not sure. Oh, like the duology, the like uh, blah blah blah, something of the past, something of the future. Generic name here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it introduces uh, for as much good stuff as there is. It introduces a lot of like sci-fi concepts that I feel like step outside the bounds of where I want Star Wars to go. Yeah, and. The idea of force resistant anything is kind of weird to me. I know, especially. That's why I had trouble it, with Yuzhen Vong for so long. Making it a living creature when yeah. it's explicitly stated that the force binds all living biological things, eh, Which, except for those things. They, well, they, 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 they say it's because the um, the Vorn skiers on the planet are force sensitive, the dogs. Okay, yeah. And so evolution made the Asilomiri grow to be resistant to force because their predators could use the force. Yeah, but even then it's like, but why, even then it's why just are like, we getting into evolution in Star Wars? Why yeah, can't there just exactly. be aliens who exist and who cares why? It's right. just fun right. Buck Rogers fantasy. I don't care about this stuff. Agreed. So, like, it gets into a lot of minutia where I'm like, <laughs> and... But what's I? I mean, I think those books are huge because it existed in this huge void of Star Wars content. Whereas when, like the aftermath trilogy, it's in such a different place than the Thrawn books. Because the reason why I bring it up is because they're they're compared a lot because they're both post Return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. starting the new book continuity. Yep, in new everything continuity. Really, I mean, like all the old concepts gone. Aftermath. First new canon book. It's not allowed to use Han, Luke, or Leia in a major role. Other than, like, maybe some interludes and, like, minor character moments. Yeah. Which is a big knock on it for me, because I like Luke, and I like Han, and I like Leia. I think that was a thing for a lot of people who were like, what? The new canon started? and I'm not seeing any of the characters I like. Um, I like Aftermath better. I probably agree with you. Yeah. Aftermath is a better written book. It is. I know people a, have problems with Chuck book. Windig, yeah. but I, I think, like, here's what I'll say about Chuck Windig and Timothy Zahn as writers. Like, they both make really big choices, and I think with 
Zahn that's more in terms of like story choices. Like, yeah, there's four sensitive lizards in this book. And I'm just going to try to sell it as best as I can, which is like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. And with Chuck Winning, it's more just like his prose is like, I'm going to take a big swing with the way I approach yeah. the writing of this book. And I know a lot of people don't like it, and I didn't like it at first. I was yeah. like, what is this? But if you give it an honest chance, it's good. You really do get into the flow of it, and I'm like, yeah. I like what he's doing. And then I was like, they're my favorite Star Wars books by far. They're like, so I good. Love I, need to, I need to read them again. I'm excited. Like, it's been a while. I never finished Empire's End. I'm just going to restart it. I'm kind yeah. of excited, too, because it's really good. And I, I think the the really smart thing with the Aftermath books was they were like, well, let's start with new characters. Obviously, that was the whole thing with Force Awakens, and they didn't want to give away the surprise of where the characters are at. Yeah. So it came out of necessity. But what I'm realizing, reading the Thrawn trilogy is... The arcs for those characters had already been completed. From a character progression standpoint, there wasn't a lot more to explore. Uh-huh. It was just kind of like, oh, what other kind of adventures can they go on? Yeah. Th- yeah, the Thrawn trilogy, Luke is at his best in post-Return of the Jedi and Legends. He's at his best when he is excluding the young Jedi Knights because he's not... He's not real Luke in that. And he's not even really a character. He's, he's not he's even just a character. background but I kind guy. Of, but I kind of like when Luke is background in Legends. Because yeah. I like him being the kind of mysterious Jedi Master. Not only to the galaxy, but to the reader. Luke is kind of mysterious in he's Legends. He's Obi-Wan. He's, an Obi- he's Obi-Wan now. Yeah. And I like that. And, I mean, you kind of... He's just... He's not mysterious in Aftermath. He's non-existent. It's mysterious in the fact that like you don't know where he is. You don't know where he is, but like, but him, him as a character, he's just not there. Like you yeah, can't, yeah. he can't say come in and say a cryptic thing and leave right. like he does in Legends. Right. And I, I, I like that about Luke. I think, and this is probably ninety percent nostalgia, but when it comes to, um, Legends, Heir to the Empire versus Aftermath, I the things I like about Heir to the Empire are the minor characters. I agree. We don't really need to see Han and Leia go on another adventure. They've done their adventuring. They should be doing new things. Yeah. Which becomes a plot point in force awakens. Cause they aren't doing new things. They should be, but they're exactly. kind of in their same old roles. And that's a plot point, which is kind of the same as heir to the empire, but they never acknowledge the fact that they should be doing new things, you know, but the background characters in things like Heir to the Empire and like in Pelion Legends in general, I like him a lot. Yeah, I miss yeah he's him. amazing. I miss the Wedge Antilles of Legends. We get, he's a big part of He's Aftermath. a big part of Aftermath, but he is a very different Wedge. He's kind yes. of he's kind of a he's kind of a Mary Sue in the old <laughs> like he's a legendary character in Legends. He is, and I, I he's think a mythical character in the same way that Luke Skywalker is. He survived two Death Star runs. It's and like, funny to me because like as a watcher of just the movies, before I read any books, I never really took particular note of Wedge. Yeah. And so it was funny for me to, to realize how books many and think like, him. I guess he was kind of one of the only characters who got a name and got to do more than one he thing in a movie. He made it through all three movies. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess you would think Wedge was awesome from the two things you see him do. But then when you read, like, the Rogue Squadron books... And, oh, like, sure. He, I think why Wedge resonates with me so much is because he is, he's the Geordi LaForge of Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know... 
I don't I don't think you've watched much Next Generation. No, but I know who you're talking about. Jordy's my favorite character. He's okay. kind of always down on his luck. He's terrible with like relationships and women because he's just like awkward and weird. Wedge is constantly in love with people who don't love him back in Legends. Okay. And it kind of continues in Aftermath. So I like it. They kept that yeah, character. Yeah, they did trait. with him and Nora. That is very much a character trait from Legends. He's That's cool. He's very successful when it comes to the rebellion and as a pilot and everything. And he's very unsuccessful in his he personal life. He gets shot the crap out of at the end of Aftermath. Yes. He is just, I loved that stuff. Yeah. I was like, I didn't realize I cared about Wedge, but I can't deal with him dying right now. I know. And it, and which he does not. And Wedge is Wedge is very good. I hope we get more Wedge in in new canon. I wonder why they didn't. I just love Wedge. I wonder why they didn't bring him into like he Force want, Awakens. He didn't want to do it. The actor Dennis Lawson. Oh, that's right. Does that, not want to play Wedge anymore. Because I think they asked him to come back. Didn't yeah, they, they be did. In the Resistance. I think he was going to be like instead of Nian Numb or something. Like they were going to yeah. have him back oh, to man. be a, a Resistance pilot. How hard would it be to find a guy that looks like? I know. <laughs> I know. I just it's a shame because I really I wish he liked play, playing Wedge because. I'd love to see what I can also back. totally understand a person being like, dude, I, I am so sick of people talking to me about this. Because what what else has he been in? What else has Dennis Lawson been in? Do you know? No. He's been in like 10 minutes of Star Wars movies, and, and that's all he's ever going to be I'm known sure for. he's still making quite enough money. He's True. like, yeah. yeah, I could be in one more of these things, but <laughs> I have a pretty nice house, and I don't want to be bothered anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for me, Legends is all about those minor characters. I love the whole crew from the Rogue Squadron. Like my Legends books, if I had to choose a series, it would be the Rogue Squadron okay. and Wraith Squadron series. And there are so many good characters in those books. And New Cannon's going to have a hard time making me like Snaps Wexley as much as I like oh, Gavin, yeah. you know, uh, Loran. Loran? Not Gavin. Gavin Your favorite character, huh? My favorite. <laughs> There's a Gavin Darklighter and a Garrick Loran. That's his name. His nickname is Face. He used to be a he used to be a hollow star under the Imperial. Like he was a child Whoa. actor. <laughs> he, he was like a child actor in propaganda. And then when he got old enough and the Empire was like crumbling, he decided he didn't agree with the Empire Whoa. anymore. And he left his career as a child actor to become a Isn't pilot. Isn't it crazy how much like <laughs> Hollow net stuff is in the books, and it never, never, ever is in any of the movies. Never seen a news, no, ever purely a con. Like in. the press is like a big part of the books, and like aftermath, like yeah, one of the only is like filled with press, and the only like continuing interlude is like that press story, like following like the camera yeah. crew, like covering the fall of yeah the second Death Star and everything, and you never see like, that in a movie. That would feel so weird if you saw a camera crew in Star Wars. It wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't. Star Wars movies are about action, not about the world, really. Like, they're always going to be action movies. There's always a scene. I, I think that's another thing that takes me out of... Um, I meant to bring this up when we talked about courtship. because uh, it And it comes up in Young Jedi Knights 2. We'll talk about the episode that we're currently doing, technically. <laughs> There's always a scene in a Legends book. Tell me if I'm wrong. Characters go to a new planet. And there's some ambassador that walks them around and tells them like, ah, oh, that yes, does happen these a lot. These are our trees of such and such. Yeah. That now think of a single time where that ever happens in, oh, yeah. in a movie. Closest you ever get is yeah. Coruscant. The whole planet's one big city. <laughs> Closest <laughs> you ever it. get. That's the only ecology <laughs> yep. and biology you're getting of Coruscant is that it's no. a big city. Yeah. <laughs> like, but the books are all. Uh, we're having a lot of time talking about the nature of trees on Kashyyyk it's, and how they intertwine with I, each other. I guess that's just books versus. 
movies. Yeah, it's like, oh, we have time to get into these details. And you can show so much more in movies that you don't have to explain. Like, yeah. You can just show what Naboo looks like, and you already kind of get an idea of what Naboo is. I also think, just in terms of writing style, that's why I drift towards Aftermath, is because... Yeah. I think Chuck Wendig understood, like, the thing with Star Wars is, like, pacing and tone. Like, it's quippy dialogue. It's fast-paced action. It, a lot of points, I feel like particularly in Life Debt, they skip past. Like, anything that you don't need to see, you don't see it. They're just yeah. going to skip to the point of action like you would in a movie. There's no scene with, a like, some person trying to sell you a ticket to go watch a show or whatever yeah. was happening in this book. Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't happen. And, like, the... Thrawn books, like, there'll be long segments of just, like, Luke talking about, like, boy, I wonder how we're gonna get uh, enough fuel to make it to here. Well, I could check here. I could go here. We can do yeah. that. We're gonna move you, like, the circumstances would be maneuvered in a point where, like, there's no time to think about this. The urgency right. is to, blah. However, uh, this, the only reason why I even want to talk about this is so I could play this clip of what Mark Thompson <laughs> does. To it this has guy. all been a lead up to this. They go to, in Heir to the Empire, Leia's life is in danger because evil Jedi or whatever wants the twins. They hide her out on Kashyyyk. Chewie takes her to Kashyyyk. There is a Wookiee that is able to speak basic. Mark oh, Thompson makes oh, a I know, choice. I know what you're talking about. I know this because I've listened to this audiobook before. Let me see I, I know what it. you're talking about. It's so bad. Chewbacca was hard enough for her to understand, and he'd been living out among humans for decades. A native Wookiee, speaking a native dialect, was likely to be totally incomprehensible. The tall Wookiee bowed his head slightly and opened his mouth. Leia braced herself. I to you, Leia Organa Solo, bring greetings. I to Ruko, welcome you. Leia felt her jaw drop in astonishment. Uh, thank you, she managed. I'm, uh, honored to be here. As me, by your presence, are honored. He growled politely. I am Raul Rachin. You may find it easier to call me I'm honored to meet you, Leia nodded, still feeling a little dazed by it all. Apart from the odd extended growling of his final R sounds, Ralra's Wookiee speech was perfectly understandable. So, for an hour, you get to deal with drunk Scooby-Doo <laughs> talking as slow as possible. I'm going to... What is his problem? I am a fan, obviously, of audio dramas. We've talked about how I want oh, to yes. do one. I love acting. I think if you can act in a book, it makes it more interesting for yes. me to listen to. Yes. He goes way too overboard. I think that... I think sometimes you just need to read a book when you're doing an audio book. Here's the problem, I think, with, with, with Mark Thompson is he doesn't... I feel like he loses track. He's more focused on doing an impression. Yeah. And is less interested in trying to the figure out acting. what's the pacing of this scene. Yeah. What's the intent of what the character's saying and how they're saying it. Instead, he's just like, I do a pretty good John Wayne impression. And that's what Hans likes. I do like, a so. good Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I do a good Scooby-Doo. So I'm going to drag <laughs> that out for 12 hours. <laughs> like, I, when I read the book, like the book version of it, I'm like, man, this is like so totally nailing the pacing of like character dialogue in star wars when i listen to that 
Mark Thompson makes his characters talk as slow and brain dead as possible. <laughs> It's so bad. It's so bad. I love our continuing one-way feud with Mark Thompson. <laughs> Defend yourself, Mark. Come on the show. I mean, he came on full of Sith. Does that count? Did he really? Yeah, Brian oh, Young interviewed him. I, I feel like Mark Thompson's very bad. He's an actor who, who makes... Who didn't, like... Who failed. Who failed. Yeah. He was not a good actor. He does not know how to act. He yeah. knows how to do vague impressions of people. But he cannot sell the emotion of a scene. He just... I, I feel like people are so used to people blandly reading that anybody who puts any kind of feeling into it is right. like, whoa, good job. This guy's great. Yeah, but when, it, when it's really like, no, he's not doing a good job of reading this particular yeah. passage of this book. Yeah, it's a shame because if they're going to go so far as to do impressions in a book, I wish they would just like cast the whole thing, which yes. I know would be incredibly expensive and they'll never do <laughs> yes. but then just get some guy or girl or whoever just get someone to just read a book it was kind of refreshing reading or listening to the freaking terrible courtship book because it's just a dude who clearly had no idea what star wars was yeah but he's, he's just like reading i gotta make this work and so he yep. read it and I, he i thought he did a good job he did not know what any of the characters sounded like his <laughs> 3po was like oh it's music 3po like he made something like missed out fire <laughs> right and han solo sounded like jimmy cagney like nobody sounded like anybody right his older had a french accent i meant to bring that up nice. on the courtship episode but he got the pacing and tone down great and got it the was information in your ears oh sure i mean he read me that wikipedia entry so <laughs> so nicely uh but anyway young jay nice uh crisis of crystal reef is a fine book fine I book recommended I, I mean of all of the books i feel like more effort was probably put into the writing of that book and so it's a little bit more of I, a actually good finale we talked about this earlier today i think it's it's an era where I don't know if we'll ever get again, but the fact that Tinelka is yes. the daughter of some characters from Courtship of Princess Leia, which is however many years earlier, it's kind of neat the way Legends was connected in that way. It made, I, I think I described it as like a big little universe because yeah. it's big and lots of big things are happening, but also it feels kind of small because you have these character connections, but it doesn't, it doesn't always feel, it doesn't, I I'm fine with kind of a tiny universe in some ways. I, you know... I like the connections. It's just different now, I think, because we don't have any ongoing series right. that are, like, trailblazing, like, this is going to be this big story that takes place in the course of 13 books. <laughs> but Rebels was the hub for that. Like, Rebels was the intersection yeah. of, like... Lando this, showed up. This thing introduced in this obscure comic is coming back here yeah. in this episode, and, like... This is going to intersect with this film. And I mean, you could see a character on Clone Wars in a big screen movie and then that character would come back on mm -hmm. Rebels. Like Rebels was that intersection. I don't think Resistance will be that. No, I don't think so either. But I mean, it, although like we, we're getting characters from like Kylo I mean, is confirmed. Phasma's confirmed. Phasma's in it. it. I mean, so I know that guy that we saw is not Cardinal. No, I but we. MJ ruined our day about that one. Stinking Cardinal. And Vi. so cool. If Vi doesn't show up. show up in Resistance, I'm going to be surprised. You know they're a big part of the new Star Wars land at Disney. Vi like, and Cardinal? Yeah, like those characters are going to be walking around and stuff. What? Yeah. Well, that's cool. So that's cool. <laughs> I rest my case. So yeah, I mean, but I think the Mandalorian might be that. 
Yes. Because, I think people will show up in The Mandalorian. Here's what... The fact that Dave Filoni is directing the first episode tells me that they want this to be like an interconnected thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if they just wanted it to be like a good pilot of a show, they would have had John Favreau do it. Right. Right. But if they want it to be a Star Wars thing that is going to intersect with all their Star Wars things, you get Dave Filoni. Yeah. He's going to... He's going to connect it all. That might be where we get a live action Ezra because he's still out there. Yeah. Probably. Sabine. I mean, it's called the Mandalorian. Oh, what are geez. the chances Sabine shows up? Who knows? I like, meant to. It better be Tia Sakar. I better. Which she's I on better. the good place now. She's doing live action now. So like it would yeah. be very easy to get her. She was a master of none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and see, the thing about <laughs> we talked about um, maybe doing the Yuzhen Vong arc, the new Jedi Order books like. In the new Jedi Order, you get a character like Zek shows up in one of the books. Like, he's not a main character, and he's not there for all of it. But you go, oh, there's a character that I remember from this book series. And now, instead of making up a brand new character, they just kind of brought in this guy. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Me too. Where you get all these minor characters. Like, like Silgao shows up a lot in the Yuzhen Vong arc. Sure, and she's yeah. not a main character, but she's just there sometimes when they need a healer or where, you know, like... And I, I just kind of like that interconnectedness of those books, and that's never going to happen because we're never going to get a book series, I don't think, the way we get I the think way it'll we got happen. the new Jedi Order. I think it'll happen. I think that there will be a post, like, episode nine trilogy of books, like how they did a pre-episode yeah. seven trilogy. Yeah, uh, well, maybe Chuck Wendig was supposed to write that and maybe <laughs> this whole thing mess it up, but... I have I, faith he's still going to be there. Me too. I, I think that something like that would happen... I meant to say this hot take earlier. This is another thing that we texted. But Love it. hot takes hit me. Okay, this section's called hot takes. I think that hit they takes. are trying to set up for the potential of doing a Thrawn trilogy esque story in new canon. Yeah, I like that. I mean, they made a very clear choice in not killing <laughs> off Thrawn at the end of Rebels, right. and in fact, sending him on like a time capsule somewhere where he can <laughs> yeah. just be out in the. You know, outreaches of space. He's conveniently gone while the Empire yes. crumbles. Yes. The entire original trilogy, he's gone somewhere. Luke doesn't have to meet him. Yeah, yep. Ah, blah, blah, blah. But could he show up <laughs> mysteriously right at the end After. of that first year where Aftermath takes place? Yeah. Sure he could. Sure. They need a new... Uh, uh, what if he shows up with the, like a Chiss army and it's not an Empire? That's what I'm saying. Like, uh. He could come in and be like, hey, I, I, I made it back to Chiss. And, or what, what, what's his planet called? Uh, Scylla. Scylla. And, uh, Silent Sea. Because clearly like his home planet is a big part of the books and stuff. I could see them building towards like, hey, Thrawn is back. He has a Chiss army. He's going to come after our original trilogy characters because in Thrawn, some kind of book Thrawn series. Thrawn was only or... in that universe to kind of scope out what the Empire was doing. And now that the yep. Empire's gone, that's a perfect yep. time for the Chiss to come he in. He got what and... he needed out of that. Yeah. And now he's going to come back and be in, I don't think, a new cartoon series. No. I think either book, movie. Mm-hmm. I could see them. I, I really think... They know that people want Han, Luke, and Leia on screen again. Yeah. In whatever form that is. And and I think that they would be willing to do an interstitial trilogy. But they could also bring this stuff into the Mandalorian. Yeah, for sure. That guy could team up with Han, Luke, and Leia. Maybe <laughs> you, you know go. who might be beneath that armor? Dash Rendar. Oh man, don't tease me. That buddy from Hoth. Luke, I mean, if that dude's on Tatooine, 
Maybe hey, Luke goes home for a I visit. I know for sure the Dash Rendar was racing all sorts of guys on Tatooine. You could, you got the the Disney connection with Sebastian Stan. Get Luke for a couple Absolutely. episodes of The Mandalorian. Come on, come Sebastian on. Stan's not doing anything outside of Winter Soldier. <laughs> Nothing. He would love to come on a Star Wars show and be I Luke would Skywalker. Love it too. To come on the show, I want to be Luke Skywalker. Sebastian Stan, come on the show, be Luke Skywalker when we do our Young Jedi Knights. But also, I thing. want to be Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian. Then you know what? I wouldn't mind being Luke Skywalker a little bit, maybe in like a cartoon. I'll be. How about okay? I'll be Luke in Episode One. Yeah, you can be Luke in Episode Two. I get Luke on Mondays and Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> You get, him, you get him on weekends. And Jasmine holidays. gets him the other rest of the week. <laughs> well, we did a show. We did a show. <laughs> I don't know what we did. We could almost cut this in the middle and make it a different episode. Yeah. It wasn't about the thing, but who knows what will happen. Yeah, it's hard to say. You make the call, editor. Sure. Yeah. I our, love our how- Our very we- own something Lucas. What's her name? Marsha. Marsha Lucas. Or Martha. Martha I can never Lucas. remember. Why did you say that name? oh bad uh oh i guess i posted this one too huh yeah sure goodbye from grand moff talking (laughs) thank you for listening to grand moff talking this has been grand moff talking delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved star wars saga tailored to uh let me just check here about every modern fanatic (laughs) uh of the beloved friend i messed myself up yeah Saga, Star Wars saga, t- tailored to the just modern about fanatic. every modern fanatic. Just about every modern <laughs> fanatic. Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, and also actually mostly Jake this week. Hashtag bring back Dash. Oh, bring back the Dash. <laughs> He's a Dash of Dash. Hashtag a dash of dash. Hashtag a dash of dash. <laughs> let's let's get it trending, people. Love it. Bye. Bye. A dash of dash. guards are walking down a narrow deserted canyon when suddenly a i can't see what that says your thumbs in the way rancor suddenly a rancor what oh sorry when suddenly a rancor comes deserted canyon when suddenly a rancor comes out (laughs) take three (laughs) take three okay i'm gonna start over i'm trying to see if i can find what the creature is called because they name it uh Tree beard. <laughs> I, I know. That's what I was thinking. Groot. Yeah, it's a Groot. An int. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where is it? That one tree from Avatar. <laughs> the that was a grandma or something. I don't remember Avatar. Yeah, I might be thinking of Pocahontas, but honestly, yeah, what's you're the thinking difference? of Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. <laughs> what's the difference between <laughs> Avatar and Pocahontas? Honestly, you know what? That is true. But I need to find an earlier passage. It's, it's very important I find this part of the book because it's really funny. As long as it's not too scary. Well, it, it's very intentionally not too scary, I promise. They go out of their way. I recently played the game Soma, which came out like two years ago. Oh, yes. That game, I had to pause several times because it's very scary and it all takes place underwater. 
Brave New World much. Good game, though. I'd recommend it. It's just very scary so to me. My... Oh, my God. I meant to freaking play audio clips. Oh, I of... forgot. Of courtship. Well, okay. Was I... it of courtship or was it of It was sport? of yeah. courtship, but I'm going to, since we're going to talk about this, I'm going to play a clip of the Thrawn trilogy Mark Thompson narration because okay. I hit a point where I was like, I cannot believe that he made this choice and then I'm going to have to endure it for hours at a time. It's nuts.